Hi, I'm Lisa Kiss, and I'm the host of Be Mindful Podcast. I'm also the owner of Be Mindful Studio, where I am an astrologer and mindfulness consultant. This podcast is for the modern woman to feel grounded and learn to live with intention. Here we tap into mindfulness for both life and business. From community-driven leaders, conscious humans, heart-centered entrepreneurs, and beyond, we'll discover all the different ways mindfulness can be applied to you. My podcast is here to inspire and encourage you to be a little more mindful in your day-to-day so you can start living a more purpose-filled, self-aware life you love. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. Today, I'm here with, oh, man, I'm going to hit stop record because I want to say your name properly. Oh, my goodness. I could leave this. I could leave this in here. I have to do it in my head first because the way it is on your Instagram. Dara, right? Did I say it right? Okay. I didn't want to say it wrong. (laughs) Dara, yeah, Dara Melanson. Did I say that right? Okay. So, um, okay, I'll just leave that in there. It's a funny thing, but um, we connected on Instagram. I've been following her for a while. Um, I believe when she, you still did interior design, that's when I found your account because um, I like anything pretty, but um, you, you are now a relationship coach. So um, very informative information. I really like all of the content that you share. Um, I'm sort of uh, like I have my uh, Saturn and Aries, so I'm. It's like the opposite to Libra, which rules relationships. So I'm very like independent streak, but um, it's it's important for me to like look at that sort of stuff and really kind of nourish and learn how to work, I guess, in relationships in different ways. So do you want to sort of introduce yourself and tell us your story on like how you came to this moment? Sure. And first off, I just want to say thank you for having me on your podcast and everything you just said, I receive in full. So thank you for sharing that. That's awesome that you've been around since the interior decorating days. It's been a journey, but how I became a relationship coach was really through my own journey with relationships. Um, I've always kind of been what I call a serial dater ever since high school. The second I was in a relationship, I was in it for at least two years. So uh, when I turned about 20 years old, I started dating my most recent partner and we then dated for seven years, owned a home together, we had a dog together and we were engaged to be married and we're supposed to be married last year. And about a year in advance of our wedding day, I started to experience doubts and intrusive thoughts and these nudges that I now realize were from kind of the universe and my intuition really saying like, is this really where my path is leading me? Is this truly where I am most aligned and fulfilled? And I started expressing those doubts with him at the time and we had really great conversations. And bottom line, we came to last June where I I ultimately did um, end the engagement. And in a span of 30 days, you know, we canceled our wedding, 
separated. I moved out of our home together back into my family home and, you know, grieved the loss of my dog. I also quit my nine to five so that I could do the coaching full time, even though I hadn't even started yet. I just knew where that's where my path was leading me. And initially I actually launched as a generic kind of life coach. Uh, I really thought that that's what I wanted to do. And what I realized were the conversations that kept coming up and that I kept attracting and wanted to be a part of were rooted in relationships. This is a theme that now that I look back through my whole life has been a common theme for me. This is what my friends would come to me to talk about, um, you know, in their relationships with their partners or family. I look at my parents when I was 16 and I basically was their relationship coach at the time, which I'm not saying was great, <laughs> but I've learned a lot from it. But even then I felt really confident in understanding relationships and being able to have an unbiased opinion for other people, which is really important. So all that is to say that I launched last September and yeah, being a relationship coach, I feel so fulfilled and aligned, which are my core values. And I know it's what I'm meant to be doing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so right now you're doing the coaching and um, I guess how does it sort of like work in terms of, so you do like one-to-one -one coaching and like just talk about any kind of relationship or just like romantic relationships or? Yeah, that's a great question. So right now it is one-to-one -one coaching. I do have group coaching coming uh, in the near future. So that will be an option that's a little bit more accessible and will also provide a great opportunity for individuals who want some community as well for us to, to dive deep. But right now the one-to-one -one coaching, it's an intimate experience with me. And I call in women who are in any of the following phases, which I've kind of identified. So one is feeling disconnected in a relationship. So this is a woman who is dating someone. They're not sure if they, if it's still possible to reconnect to their partner or if it's time to leave with grace. So they come to me, we work together and we look at what they need to do. Uh, and it's all driven by them. I just help them realize they already have the answers within them. So either disconnected in a relationship, a lot of my clients are also grieving a breakup. So I help them through that grieving and healing phase, moving through the acceptance, forgiveness, that sort of thing. They are also um, women who come to me who are intentionally single. So they're not looking to date right now. They're looking to reflect on their past relationships and heal the patterns that were not serving them. And then the, the last phase are people who are ready to date. They're ready to call in that kind of healthy, conscious love, but they're just not having a lot of luck or the dating apps, they're feeling really uncomfortable there or they're getting ghosted a lot. So then they'll also call me in to support them through that. So basically it's women in many of the phases. Um, and what's really neat is through working with me, I help them either get to the phase that they want to be in or just help them find some more acceptance and patience within the one they're already in. Okay. Okay. That's beautiful the way you described it all the different because stages people might not like realize what stage they're in or like what's happening. So that's a nice way to like explain it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And we all bounce back and forth between phases as well. You know, like last year I was disconnected in a relationship and then I moved through the grieving phase once we broke up. And then I started actually to date a little bit. And then I realized, uh, you know what, I think I need some more time with myself. So I flipped back to the, what I like to say, intentionally dating myself, which is the phase that I'm currently in. So thank you for that. Yeah. I think it helps for people to have some identification and be able to say, yep, that's the phase I'm in. 
And depending on the phase they're in will actually change what we move through in the 12 weeks that we work together. So we discuss different topics depending on where they're at. Okay, cool. And then I wanna bring up that you're Virgo now because you're talking about the different steps and phases, which is a very Virgo thing. I love the steps and phases with my Virgo Mars, but um, so yeah, do you wanna sort of just talk about, so your birthday is in September, right? So um, yeah, do you wanna talk about what you know about being a Virgo and maybe how it pops up in your in your life? Sure. I love being a Virgo. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, growing up, I used to absolutely love reading my Zodiac chart every morning. I remember I would sit at my kitchen table and while I was eating my cereal, I would flip to that part in the newspaper and read what my, my chart was for the day. So yeah, I've always felt this pull to understanding more about being a Virgo. Where I've kind of landed is really embracing the Virgo in me who is very detail oriented, sometimes to my detriment. However, you know, I try to find a balance with that, but I really appreciate that about being a Virgo is that I do pick up on details, whereas that might kind of get lost in the mix with other signs. And that, yes, I know Virgos are often labeled as perfectionists. And truthfully, I am a recovering perfectionist. So I do think there is some truth there, but I think it's really just because we like to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And we also see the potential in others and in who they can be too, if they're feeling fully aligned and fulfilled. So I think that makes a lot of sense with why I've become a coach, because that is such a deep rooted desire in me. And I think that has a lot to do with being a Virgo. Yes, Virgo rules the like sixth house of health and service. So all our signs want to do is be of service to other people. You're like, how can I help you? What do you need? <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. And I think even the sensuality, there's a lot of that in my chart. Um, I forget which house it is, but yeah, it's basically been, I guess, shared in there and through my chart and through my birthday, that sensuality and that femininity is more prevalent in my chart, which is absolutely reflected in my personal life and through my business that has an overwhelming arch also over how I coach. Yeah. Yeah. Virgo. So all earth, because you said you have a lot of earth in your chart, right? So it's uh, femininely charged. So that's where that would sort of come from. And then even with your, um, the way like how I see everything on Instagram with your branding, everything looks so pretty and nice, which is very like Virgo because you know where everything needs to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very true. Yeah, I do like an aesthetic. I love when things are curated. I love things to be organized. Um, my home is the same color palette, uh, which is reflective of my Instagram colors as well. And colors mean a lot to me, which I also think is why I initially went into interior decorating, because I do think it, it matters a lot what your physical space that you spend the most time in, especially now through COVID, everybody being home a lot more. I do really believe it's super important that our physical space inspires us, recharges us, and makes us feel like ourselves when we feel surrounded in it to help ground us when we are at home and calm our busy minds, which are, yeah, pretty frequent. Yes, yes, I agree with that. I have little like uh, separate spaces where I'm like, okay, you work here. Like this is my podcast corner. I sit on my floor and I record these because it's like a cozy little spot. Um, but yeah, I like have different sections for different things. Um, you mentioned the busy mind. So you have, so Virgo is ruled by Mercury and then your Gemini rising. Gemini is also ruled by Mercury. So like when whatever planet sort of rules um, 
the rising sign, it kind of like rules the whole chart. So um, would you find that your Mercury influence, do you know much about, it's like the plan of communication. So um, yeah, do you feel like connected to the planet Mercury at all? Yeah, when you remind me that it's all about communication, 100%, I think, um, yeah, through every job I have ever held, communication has been the focal point. Uh, I pay a lot of attention to that in how I communicate with others. And, you know, even in my coaching practice, communication has a big component, not just like what we communicate, but how we're communicating it. And yeah, when you say that makes a lot of sense as a Virgo that I like an organized space in my my Instagram feed is a little bit more kind of an aesthetic. It's pretty and same with my physical space. To me, that's also how I communicate who I am as a person as well. So I would have to say, yes, that that makes a lot of sense. Communication and, and Mercury is big there. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Gemini. So I experience it with the overthinking things or like my brain doesn't shut off. That's why I've always felt called to meditation and like higher consciousness to be like, what's going on up there in your mind. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know from, it's all about Instagram, all these things I have to say, but like Instagram this is this great thing that like we can like use to connect with people and it's like, it's great. But um, I guess in terms of like, what are th- some things that you do to, I guess, calm the active mind? And cause I, I just see like you go on the walks. Like I love the, um, the mountain brow trail. Like I'm there like all the time, but yeah. What are some things you do, I guess, to like, that aren't necessarily like meditative, but like mindful activities that you do. Yeah, um, I really like to be outside. I've realized that just going for a walk outside and really tapping into my senses, which for me is how mindfulness, um, that's what mindfulness is to me. It's really being aware of in the present um, and just going through our five senses. So when I'm on a walk, I try to be really intentional. I I feel what the breeze feels like on my skin. I feel the warmth of the sun on my cheek if I'm facing it as I walk. I intentionally don't listen to music or podcasts every single time I walk so that I can also just tap into the natural sounds that occur on your walk. You know, sometimes you hear bits of conversation from other people or you hear birds chirping or, you know, lots of different things, but by doing all that, it can also ground us into the present moment, which stops us from the overanalyzing or reflecting of things that have happened in the past or what's to come in the future. Often we're so caught up in, yeah, what's happened in the past or you know what we have to do later that day, et cetera, that we miss those in-between moments of where we're at right now. And so how I like to do that is for going for walks, I also will throw music on, as I'm sure you've seen on my stories, and have dance parties on my own. Um, And I was a dancer my whole life. So it's been a journey for me also to have dance parties where I remember that I don't need to perform for anyone, you know, and that I can move my body in a way that doesn't necessarily look pretty. And but I can move it intuitively based on what my body needs, which also works to get out any stuck emotions that have just kind of latched onto me through movement. So yeah, movement, going for walks, being out in nature. In the warmer months, I like to go to, if you're local in Hamilton Bayfront, um, to watch the sunset. So I'll lay out a blanket and I will watch the sunset and I will journal. Uh, That's something I really like to do. And breath work with Jen Manziel. So she's based out of Toronto and is an amazing breathwork coach. And I really like to join her community circles as well. 
Yes, journaling is great for any sort of, um, I usually say air signs, journaling is great. So the Gemini rising, because it helps you um, get all your thoughts onto the paper. And then I say it lives in the book now or on the paper. It can't live in your, your brain anymore. Um, just random question. Do you like to-do lists because you're Virgo or yeah? Okay. I. <laughs> it's less that I like to-do lists and more that I like to cross things off. So I'm very driven by uh, momentum. So I like to break things down into smaller steps and then give myself little rewards every time I cross many milestones because I, how my perfectionism shows up is actually through procrastination. So if I focus too much on the big picture or the ultimate goal, then because I'm a Virgo, I get too caught up in the details and overanalyzing and I get decision paralysis. So how I've moved around that is by using to-do lists and really breaking down steps so that I can just check them off. And it just feels really good for me. And that's something that helps me work towards that ultimate goal. Yeah, that's awesome. I love to-do lists too. I feel like it's very it is rewarding to cross it off and be like, oh, I did something like, yeah, it's, it's like a way not to track productivity, but it makes you feel like, okay, I accomplished something today, but not mm -hmm. trying to like, cause I feel like any earth sign, they either work too much. They might, cause you don't want to have that burnout, but it's like, you've, you've done enough today kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes what I do as well is kind of like a reverse, you know, to-do list where I actually do a reflection list at the end of the night before I go to sleep. And I reflect on all the things I did that day. And I count everything. It could be, you know, um, going for a walk. So like you said, where it's not necessarily about productivity, I more look at it like, what did I do today that filled my cup? What did I do today that set me up for a better tomorrow? What did I do today for future Dara? So it's a bit of a reflection list as well. Okay. I like that. I haven't heard of that before. Reflection list. I'll have to try that today. A reflection list. Okay. Yeah, I love to know what you think. Yeah. And then I have to jump back to the, I'm always jumping back with my stuff, but jumping back to the dancing. I also dance for like 15 years. I'm a dancer. Love dance. <laughs> wow. What kind of dance did you do? I, well, I could never make up my mind because the Gemini. So I started with ballet and I got bored. Then I did hip hop. Then I was over that and I did jazz. So I did like all of them kind of, but no acro, no like bendiness, but yeah. Wow. We have yeah. a lot of synchronicities. <laughs> I also tend to call in a lot of dancers as my clients. Funny. <laughs> I find when you, cause you have to stop like, when you're 18. And I found that that was like a weird moment for me. I was like, what do I do now? Right. And that's how I found yoga and became a yoga teacher. Cause it was a way for me to move my body. Cause I was, I grew up always moving and being active and I've tried to find like adult dance classes in the city, but I haven't really, I've, there've been like short kind of time periods for them. Not like the whole year long season, what I'm used to, but um, dance is definitely something that has always helped keep me like sane in a way, but it's a great creative expression. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And it's really good for the root chakra as well to keep us grounded. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, when we go from dancing, basically our whole childhood, uh, I went through the exact same thing, turned 18. I did cheer for the, um, the CFL. I was a Hamilton Tiger Cats cheerleader for a year post dance, uh, which wasn't the greatest experience. And it actually, unfortunately, kind of stained my relationship with dance for the next seven years or so, where I just stopped cold turkey. And I look back and when I started dancing again, 
I started to feel more grounded. And for me, I realized, wow, that was something I didn't even realize dance was providing for me. And that's why it's a non-negotiable for me now. It's a non-negotiable hobby. Whether I'm dancing um, at a studio or with a team, I make sure that I'm at least dancing at home with myself as well and moving my body. When I'm feeling ungrounded, it's often because I'm avoiding dancing or the, or the reverse. If I'm avoiding dancing, it's because I'm ungrounded. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. I did the um, the junior tiger cat cheerleading for like five years. And then like a bunch of us, when we finished, we went to the audition our first year and I was 18 for the tiger cat. Yeah, the tiger cat cheerleader audition. I was so sore the next day. I was like, oh, I can't even like move my neck from the hair whipping and everything. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, the, the audition was definitely rigorous. <laughs> and yeah. the hair whipping. So what I ended up doing again, as an adult now with mm-hmm. dancing, there was this heels program called army of sass unfortunately through covid um, the owner decided to to stop it but that really was this one of the starting focal points of me returning home to who i really am was getting back into dancing and so it was the more sensual dancing in heels a lot about empowerment um, embracing your body whatever it's at that you can still be sensual and sexy and a million hair flips so i can relate to that yeah, on a visceral level that it, yeah, the neck doesn't move the way it did as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, um, like my best friend, like we dance for years and she's also an Aries moon and a Gemini rising, which is funny, but she, um, I call it like her inner fire comes out and she like, when she performs, but she's always wanted to do a heels class with me. We just like, haven't had a chance to do it. So, um, once like we're able to do that safely, she'll be like the one I bring, we'll go do that for sure. Oh, that would be amazing. Let me know when you do. I taught heels uh, in 2019 and it was, yeah, it was a really rewarding job just to be able to create that space for women to come who've never done it before and just to, yeah, embrace who they are as a woman and let their inner lioness out, their inner Beyonce out. Very rewarding, but highly recommend even to like women or anybody who's never danced before dancing in heels. There's something special about it. Um, yeah, that just brings out a lot of confidence and empowerment and belief in oneself to do it as well. Yeah. I've always been like scared to do it because I don't like hurt my ankle because I have experienced like ankle sprains in the past with dance, but they don't have to be that high, right? No. Yeah. So as a, and, and I don't say it's a beginner, beginner to heels. Yeah. We often recommend like a booty. Okay. So wear kind of, yeah, boots or some people for the first few classes just dance in their socks um, just to get used to the movement and then kind of graduate to more of like a thicker heel. Uh, a stiletto heel, which I would wear, is only once you kind of reach a little bit more of the advanced state. And just like anything, there's a bit of structure within the heels program, or there should be, um, where once you can do certain things, like for example, a single pirouette in a heel, then you kind of graduate to the next round. Um, but even then, even in the advanced round, there were some people who still just never wanted to wear a stiletto. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really cool as an adult, there actually is a lot more choice. Mm-hmm. we're choosing to dance versus as a kid we probably signed up through our parents and yes we still loved it but there was this element of you know the coach has control or the teacher has control over what we're wearing and our shoes what color but as an adult it's really cool to have more flexibility and even you know we would do a lot of performances and the energy of the performances was so different because every dancer was on that stage because they wanted to be there and every person in that audience was there because they wanted to support 
-hmm. So even beyond the dancing, yeah, there was so much that that program involved. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Highly recommend Our Haven in Burlington for anyone local for heels classes. Okay. I'll have to look them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our Haven in Burlington or Strut Niagara if they're more in the Niagara area. Okay. I'll have to like add links in the show notes for all these things. All the dancers will gravitate to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me. I don't know if that's part of being a Virgo, but I will plug anyone I can. I'm, I really like to direct people to places or programs or other businesses that I have felt really safe and included in. And so, yeah, I, that probably won't be the last program or business that I plug here. <laughs> No, I tend to do that as a Gemini. You just want to share. It's like the sharing what you know, the communicating. You just want to tell everyone like what's what's going on, what's new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I had a thought of what I was going to say and it left me. Wait, um, it was about dance. Oh, no, I was going to say it's funny. We talk like, I don't know. I always name the episodes after I've had the conversation and I probably was going to talk, like name it something about relationship coaching, but it's funny how we've now, we're not, we're not talking about dance, but, um, uh, one of the questions I have here, um, is I always ask everyone about the Hamilton community because I'm starting the interviews off with everyone who I kind of know local to me. Um, so, uh, sort of, why do you think the Hamilton community is amazing and how do you find support here? Mm, such a great question. And it was something that I toyed around with for a while because up until last year, my community in Hamilton was my community from high school. It was kind of the same and I had a very small circle, which I still appreciate and love those friends that I still have. Uh, but I realized that that was something I was missing was a broader community. So um, to anyone who is feeling that way and wanting to build more of a community in here, in Hamilton, obviously in the right place. There's so many different little pockets here in Hamilton, especially for those of us who are more creative or, um, you know, uh, a little bit more conscious or that sort of thing. So how I went about it was I really asked myself, what are the things I'm interested in? And then I started looking on Instagram and Facebook and Google for things that were in alignment with that. Uh, so for example, last year when I started to embrace more of my spirituality and um, really connect to astrology, chakras, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. I came across on Instagram, this women's event called Wicked Women, which unfortunately is no longer in existence. However, I put myself out there and I went there by myself. I brought my sister the first time and had like, didn't know anybody else. And that's really, I think the important part of trying to find community is sometimes you do have to do it alone. And that's often why we're trying to find it outside of our normal group. But yeah, from there I started meeting people and then just continued going to new things. Um, but that's really what I would say is look at within, what are the needs that are missing? So if it's dance, finding a dance studio, if it's, um, you know, music, or it's about finding people you can be more vulnerable with, then I highly, highly recommend here in Hamilton, a community called Cool A Soul. And Cool Soul is all about bringing people together who can be their authentic self, um, selves and reflect on who they are, really looking at like healing old patterns. And it's just a very inclusive space. They often run sharing circles. So you can come and just share what's on your heart and be supported. Uh, we will often have Bayfront hangouts. 
And so you can just come bring a blanket, bring an instrument, bring some snacks, meet new people. So if there are people who are just craving community and that sounds like a good time, then uh, yeah, look up on Instagram or Facebook Cool of Soul and just keep an eye out for when events are happening. I think I've seen that before. And then I did I did see the Wicked Women event that happened a while ago. But big kudos to you for like going to an event alone. I've never had the courage to do that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes a lot of courage. I'm not going to lie. Uh, there was also an event last year. I went to a Bayfront hangout also by myself didn't know anyone except one person. And we only knew each other through Instagram and she invited me. And I remember I had so much anxiety that day and thought, what if they don't like me? This was last summer. And I ended up just going and they ended up inviting me. This was the coolest soul group. They ended up inviting me to a little bit of an intimate um, camping trip that happened last September, 10 hours away. And I hummed and hawed. I was so, I don't know. And I just thought, screw it, I'm gonna go. Worst that happens is I realize no, this isn't for me because I had actually previously signed, like sworn off camping, said I would never do it again. But I thought, you know what, let's give it a go. And that single weekend going camping, I drove with people I didn't know for 10 hours by myself. I also shared a tent with people I barely knew. I knew them just like from a single conversation. That single weekend transformed my life. So that's how I created friends that are now my close circle right now. It was where I learned so much about myself and how I genuinely like to interact in groups. Uh, I realized I'm more of an introvert than I had previously thought, all because I was around people who just genuinely let me be who I am. And there was something really liberating about that. So yeah, it takes a lot of courage, but we all have that courage within us. It really comes down to, it's kind of, I kind of like to look at it when we're looking for a community or looking for new friendships, for example, which is all related to relationships for me as a coach. Um, think of all the time, energy, and nerves that you're willing to engage with for a date or to meet a partner. And then think of you are also worthy of calling in and putting that much time into new friends and new community. Right. We, if we're going on a date with a person we've never met before, maybe we encountered them on a dating app. It takes the same courage to go on that date with that person that it does to go to a community event that you might not know people or to message somebody on Instagram. For those of us who really spend a lot of time on there and kind of relate to a lot of people, it takes the same courage to send a voice note and say, hey, I feel really drawn to you. I feel like we have a lot of things in common and I would love to get to know you more. It takes the same courage. And yet in society, there's such a focus on finding the love of your life instead of the love in your life through different types of relationships. So as a relationship coach, that's something that I really help clients and try to strive to share on Instagram that all relationships in our lives matter. Yeah, that's beautiful. I saw something on Instagram. It was like, a quote that says humans can like live without partnership, but you can't live without friends. You need your friends. And I've had experiences more so when I was younger, when like my um, closer friends would start, you know, dating, having boyfriends and they don't spend as much time with their friends. And I'm like, it, it's like upsetting, right? Cause it's like, I've known you for years and like, this is some new guy. Right. So, but I found as we've all sort of gotten older, there's like a better kind of balance with how you spend your time with your partner and then with your friends. But 
yes, mm-hmm. friendships. Um, I've definitely learned within like the past year with everything that's happened with everything. Um, like you're my like close group of friends. We've like stayed like you're even the relationships have gotten like stronger, I guess, in a way too. Yeah. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. Relationships down to their very core, what they are, are about needs. So as humans, we all have needs and each person that is in our circle, whether it's a romantic connection, platonic or community-based colleagues, et cetera, fulfill needs for us. And so the more that we can diversify that and recognize who is helping meet our needs, then the less dependent or reliant we are on a single person. So sometimes people enter romantic relationships and they end up shifting all their needs to that person, which puts a lot of pressure on that person and the relationship and then leaves other people feeling kind of where do we stand now? Because initially needs were being met previously to that. So I'm glad to hear that you have found more of a balance and that that's something important to you because yeah, all of the relationships in our lives matter just as much as the romantic one. Yeah. I say like each one of my friends, like my one friend is like, she can come over, we have a glass of wine, we talk for hours and like the time goes by so fast. But then like my my uh, best friend who like I dance with and everything, she's my adventure friend. She's the friend we go and explore things. Like each friend serves like a different kind of like role in each other's lives for sure, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that you broke it down into examples as well. That's great. Yeah, and I think also as we continue to evolve as people, we identify possibly new or different needs that aren't currently fulfilled. And that might be why people seek out further friendships or further community. And sometimes that can be a sensitive topic for the existing friendships or the existing people in that person's life where they start to get worried. Oh, does this person not care about our friendship as much? Or am I not doing enough in this friendship? They, they think that it means that it's something they're not doing enough of. When in reality, those of us who are just looking for additional support, it's just because we've identified new needs and we want to add to what we already have. It's not about replacing. It's just about adding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found like I'm, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm younger than you. So like I am, um, there's a weird transition from like uh, the high school friends and some of my university friends, but then I left university early to become an entrepreneur. And then I even have like my business group of friends and I have all these different groups and I like having the different groups and some of my friends don't see it that way. They're like, no, you should have like everyone that you're friends with should be a super deep relationship. And I'm like, no, it doesn't need to be like that. Some people can feel more like acquaintances and I feel like it's a really like, um, not broad topic, but like everyone has their own view on like what a friend is. And um, I've definitely had conversations with a few of my friends where we have differing opinions on what a friendship means. And I'm like, trying not to like, not to argue with them, but say like, that's fine if you see it that way. But you like you you're not or you can't necessarily judge on the relationships I have with other people it's just sort of like what our relationship our friendship is like in a way yeah Yeah, I fully agree with you and what goes a long way is reassuring that friend that the relationship you have with them is really valuable to you and you care a lot about it and that your other friendships look different and get that they're all separate Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody likes to interact differently. And I I'm curious with your chart or just you as an individual, if you're similar to me, where one of our core values is having some freedom and autonomy. Oh yeah. And come and go in different groups and we are adaptable and flexible and we have different interests as well. Um, And that just means that we have different pockets of people that we, that we interact with. 
Yes, I'm definitely big with the the freedom and the autonomy with things, but also just like uh, I'm that friend. I don't know if it's the Gemini energy in me because I'm always bouncing back and forth, but like um, I don't need to talk to my friends like like constantly. Like I have some one of my friends is more like you need to speak to people consistently either like every few days and I'm like well no I know I can talk to not talk to you for a week or two and then we're like I'm still friends with them like nothing changed we're just off living our our lives right um but it's really it's interesting to see that from like uh like once because you're used to seeing your friends all the time at school like whether it be high school or university you see them consistently and then you kind of go off in different directions and it's like okay not to see people every day but some people I feel like have a hard time grasping that but yeah it depends on what their love language is Mm -hmm. so when we can tune in to when people not share complaints but when they say things like that like you should be checking in every few days really what they're communicating to us is that's how they would feel loved Mm -hmm. And, but unfortunately it's usually spun more as against you, like what you're not doing when really, yeah, they're just communicating. This is what would feel good to them. And sometimes we can meet them um, and do that. And sometimes we can't. So I love that you're still standing firm in your boundary, that that's not something that feels super aligned to you or that it's not something you feel that you kind of genuinely want to do. Yeah. I I'm on my phone all the time for work and I'm like, I don't want to be texting you. I'd rather like arrange a meetup and like actually hang out and talk in person it's more uh there's more the connection than like just staring at a phone texting yeah 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 I completely hear you on that Mm -hmm. yeah so I don't know how long we've been talking for but um do you want to maybe I don't know what's one thing we can like end it on I've been having people sort of end it on um like a theme of the season it goes the episode goes up so like like a Virgo lesson like a lesson from a Virgo or something Yeah. Okay. I think what I would say is something that's come up a lot and I'm sure we'll continue into, you know, with Virgo season is yes. One of the things that I shared that I love most about myself and being a Virgo is being detail oriented. Mm -hmm. However, I want to encourage any other Virgos or just people in general through the Virgo season that, you know, there does come a point when getting into the details can also be a form of procrastination or that overanalyzing isn't always helpful to us. So it's about discerning when being detail-oriented is an act of kind of self-love and it's something that's working for us and when it might be actually used as a tool to self-sabotage and to delay or avoid something. So that's what I would leave is just to get really observant on the detail-oriented and not get caught in the details, to be a little bit more lighthearted, make room to um, miss details and then find them later, because I truly believe that the details we're meant to notice, we will, versus forcing it too much. Okay, great, Mm -hmm. that sounds good, yeah. And then I'll include your links to everything, but where can everybody find you online? Yeah, so I primarily use Instagram, uh, so they can find me at Dara Melanson with an extra N at the end. That's a whole other separate story, but I'm on Instagram and I absolutely love meeting people. So yeah, really recommend if people want to follow to also send me a DM and let me know they came from here. I would love to get to know them and just have a chat. And yeah, that's something that's really important to me is to find community within Instagram. I am working on a website, so that's soon to come, but that is where people can find me. Okay, wonderful. So thank you so much for uh, being here. I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, yeah, so 
I never know how to end these episodes. So I'll just say um, thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. It was amazing and so pleasure filled. If you love today's episode, don't forget to share it with a friend or on Instagram and tag us at Be Mindful Studio and at Be Mindful Podcast. Also, if you have any questions or feedback or maybe an idea for an episode, don't be afraid to reach out on Instagram and send me a message. I'd love very much to stay in touch with you. Thank you again for your support and I will see you very, very soon in the next episode.